Welcome to the Certified Skills in AI and Tech podcast, brought to you by Criterion. Criterion is a global leader in assessment solutions, providing software for test development and delivery, as well as test development services for low to high stakes certification programs. Today, we speak with Mary Poppin, Chief Customer Officer at Involve.ai. Before joining Involve.ai, Mary was Glint's Chief Customer Officer at LinkedIn. Mary was responsible for driving and scaling the company's ability to delight customers. Prior to that, she was the Chief Customer Officer for SAP's global cloud business and Chief Customer Officer for Success Factors before that. With over two decades of experience in customer success, business consulting, and executive leadership, Mary frequently speaks at global events and has authored several publications in this space. Welcome, welcome to Criterion's podcast, Certified Skills in AI and Tech. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great, thanks. Here in Minnesota, it is actually sunny and not snowing, so I'm good. Awesome. And we also have with us today our Chief Revenue Officer, Buzz Walker, here at Criterion, and we're going to have a great discussion. And um, I think the starting point is really understanding, you know, what does Involve.ai do? You know, we, we heard a lot about it. We see a lot of stuff online. And uh, you just took over as the chief customer officer. Would love to lo- learn a little bit about, you know, what uh, what you have to offer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for asking. Um, yes, chief customer officer and also customer intelligence strategist, uh, which mm-hmm. I'll which I'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit about. So, at Involve, what we're working on doing is building a new category of SaaS solutions, really leveraging mm-hmm. AI, and we're calling it customer intelligence. So our vision is to help companies around the world become more customer-centric by providing insights into the key signals that drive successful and unsuccessful customer outcomes. So we're essentially building an early warning system to predict churn and expansion uh, based on the key signals in customer behavior and sentiment. And by the way, that last piece, the sentiment piece, I think has been the most challenging um, to incorporate as you look mm-hmm. at customer health and you look at risk and you look at revenue opportunities because it's been the hardest to get either out of systems across functions, but also without NLP or, or some sort of AI. It's quite mm-hmm. quite an experience for a data scientist or anybody, right, to just read through comments and try to put piece together customer sentiment. So we're really looking to put the quantitative and the qualitative aspect of customer insight um, and customer feedback and behavior together and create a unified um, view mm-hmm. for every customer individually. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. I know, I mean, everything is about getting to know your customer and the customer gets more and more complex every day. Um, and we have new technologies that, come out there and disrupt how everything functions. I mean, we just, right now, people are catching on to artificial intelligence, but it's been in the making for so long. Um, and it's, and it's a consistent, I would say good disruptor in, in the technology space. Um, and it's constantly changing. So I'd love to learn a little bit about how artificial intelligence is incorporated in the, in the work that you have at Involved.ai. Oh, well, thanks for asking. <laughs> I'd love to talk about this. You know, it's it's really difficult to unify and synthesize customer data across systems, processes, functions, et cetera. And even if you get the data, you really need data scientists 
to analyze the relationships, right, and identify insights. But even if you have data scientists, you need to uncover the questions you want answered. So really, all of this is super time-consuming, often only reveals a portion of the true insights within your data. And on top of that, unstructured comments, such as emails, survey responses, support tickets, right, they don't often get included because there isn't an easy way to analyze this. So what AI can bring is the ability to act like hundreds of data scientists working together to uncover hidden relationships in the insights um, and in the data. Questions you wouldn't even think to ask and relationships uh, among variables, you know, you never think would be related is something you can find with leveraging AI. So it's kind of magical. You think about what AI can bring regarding the granularity of insights at a really significant speed. Um, actually makes the work of data scientists you do have, if you're lucky enough to have them, more efficient because they can assess the most relevant insights to bring to the business. And just one more thing. <laughs> Further to that, what AI can do is actually deliver insights directly to customer-facing teams like customer success managers, account managers, and even AEs in order to surface unique actions, right, that they can take for every customer. So it creates a more personalized and value-add experience for every customer, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's amazing how personal it feels anytime you play around with any of those AI tools. It's like you type in a question and, and then you get these responses that almost like read your mind to an extent. But, uh, you know, I think they do have an understanding of people's sentiments and feelings and, you know, user background and to collect all this data and bring it together, which is um, pretty profound. Um yeah, Buzz, Buzz, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on this. I know you, you're really interested in the AI space, and uh, this is an area that you've studied for a pretty good time. Yeah. Well, one of the things looking at and, and uh, when I get Mary's insights on is we, we look at all the amazing things we can do with AI and replacing some of these data scientists, but the challenge is always how do we get to the data? How do we integrate in all these different pieces that are around? And was wondering how uh, you're addressing some of those needs. Yeah, that is a great question. The One of the very first things that we set out to do at Involve was to make sure that the lift for our customers was going to be extremely low. So no code, no engineering time needed. You don't need to get in the queue to build, you know, an integration between your data and our solution. Um, and so what, what we've done is really um, create, I won't call it a wizard, but it is, it is a front-end tool to be able to build the integration directly with the customer. So we've put integration, you know, opportunity in their hands with our guidance. Um, and we've built it in a way that we can essentially pull data from any source um, within minutes. That's great. I um Think about some of the, the integration projects I, I have and that that can take quite a bit of time to be able to to uh, even find the right resource or who knows what API connects with a, API. Are you using as part of your wizard artificial intelligence technology to uh, help look at what some of those integration points are? Because I, I probably have uh, data, say, in my Salesforce.com system. I have some there. I might be pulling some from industry reports and 
and then I have maybe a customer uh, success people that are doing some things in uh, some spreadsheets and things like that. They may be hosted on OneDrive or Google Drive or something like that. And uh, so you, do you have ways to be able to, to use some these wizards or, or AI capability to get to all that? Um, we we do. Uh, what what we actually focus on, and I would say the biggest challenge is not getting to the data but getting to the people, to your point, that understand the business context of the data. Yeah. So what data is the most relevant? We err on the side of ingesting more data than mm. might be necessary for a category, such as customer satisfaction, because we'd rather over-index on pulling from spreadsheets or OneDrive um, from the initial pull. So we do, a, we do a historical pull of data, mm. and that's where we run um, all of the AI to determine what are the key signals between customers who've been successful and customers who've churned, right, and customers who've expanded. We're able to then narrow down the data sets and the type of data that's the most relevant, and that's what we focus on. As part of that process, we also identify gaps in their data so we can advise them, you know, to go back and clean up, if you will. Uh, we can help them um, in that effort of cleaning up their data also. Um, within their existing tech stacks for other teams. So this is all really interesting. And I think it's, uh, you know, a lot of these AI tools are um, shifting every day. You know, how do you, I guess, manage the process of constantly having to introduce new tools, train customers, train your team? I mean, there's a lot of skills that are constantly needed to be taught not only within your team internally, but to the customers and the people that use the tool. So what's sort of the process that you, you take to, to really, I guess, upskill? You know, it's what I think is really interesting. So training is key to ensure users are really able to properly leverage your technology to deliver business outcomes. But there has really been a focus on creating a better user experience by creating something that's more intuitive so that you don't even need training, right? So there's tons of PLG solutions now. I'm a product-led growth for anyone out there listening that, that hasn't, uh, isn't familiar. But it's basically allowing customers from, you know, day one to sign up and use your technology in a way that will help them, whether it's do their job or on a personal, you know, aspect. In those cases, you don't need training, right, or shouldn't. But there is a lot of business problems that are really hard to solve. And a lot of times, even the best technology that's the most intuitive isn't going to solve the business problem without some sort of intervention, right, or consultation. There's a lot of branching of decisions that need to be considered. And so I would say ultimately what AI can help with here is that you're able to uncover in the data where can customers be successful themselves with more of a, a guided or product approach? And where do you need to insert the human element to help make it more successful or consultative? And also what resources, right, could be created to help them make better decisions and optimize your technology. And so I would say training is super important. Um, but where you can automate or where you can leverage AI to surface things that will help them resolve issues faster, you know, the better. Um, 
And also, you need to consider the complexity of the business problem that you're solving with your software. Yeah, we, we've sense? seen train. Yeah, we've seen training as, as very critical as well. In in many ways, it's also part of improving brand credibility. When you start, when when you have that training, you put it together. You know that there, the customer has the confidence that you have a process that will allow them to face whatever challenges they might come up against. And, and it also has a way of, of not only brand credibility, but then when you're um, thinking about your longer-term customers and keeping them engaged and keeping that revenue stream flowing, the more they're able to take advantage of all of your capabilities. Now, you know, quite often they might just install it, do that one thing they had to do right now to get their ROI, but they're they're just using a very small percentage of your capability. And where training can training can come in is help expand that, as well as reduce those calls back into the customer success team with how do I do this or I broke it or it's not performing the way I want, so that. We start taking a little bit of expanding of, I just need to turn it on to how do I fully utilize the capability of it? How do I get the most advantage? How do I even on my side decrease the customer support costs that I have coming in from the capabilities that you thought they knew how to use? You know, you simply made it for them to use, but they faced a situation that was somewhat unique. And Buzz, I love that. And by the way, just maybe think too that another great use case for AI is to uncover in the actual product usage where are yeah. the key features that are driving success and how much like support um, does the customer need to get that feature up and running and whether you can create training for that or have arm the CSM, right, with the right capabilities and training to help the customer really leverage that. Um, it's another great use case for AI. Yeah, those are some of the things we're trying to look at, even in using the user's guide. Where are people going to more and where are they going to less? Does that mean they're going to it's clear or it's unclear that they have to use it? So there's even a decision process in that information that that AI could help with, but that we all want to know. Are they going there because it's unclear and they've got to figure it out or that it's just super important and we should probably even provide more training in that area or look at it as a product expansion opportunity because there's so much interest in that area. There's so much information that we can mine in in how our our clients are behaving with our systems that can really inform future product direction as well as help the customer success team do a much better job. I actually have a story about training um, and AI if, if there's time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. one of our customers had focused on four levels of training and a mastery training in their solution and they had hired basically a full-time team to create this and maintain it and believed very um, heavily that their most successful customers were the ones that achieved this mastery level of um, training. Through AI, what we actually found is only level one training had a significant correlation and impact to the customer's success. And 60% of their customers were their long tail, you know, smaller customers who hadn't even been through level one training. Wow. And so they had spent all of this time 
trying to get people, their their highest revenue customers through these significant levels of training where it actually didn't matter. Um, so it's huge insight through AI where they were able to shift priorities and start to focus on getting more of their customer base through level one, which did matter, and then focus the mastery courses on the customers that didn't have, you know, certain capabilities internally. So it's just such a great insight and an aha yeah. moment for this customer. Yeah, that, that's an outstanding example. Yeah, those are some of the things that we're going to constantly see with AI, right? <clears throat> we're going to constantly see these sort of tools that were used at one point consistently shift with the usage of AI and uh, just really understanding the user behavior. I mean, I think we're also at a point where AI can change things in real time based off of the user's behavior. So, you know, we're going to see that. Um, but interestingly enough, you know, it's all sort of unknown how much, <laughs> how much, uh, how, how, how much it's going to change. So I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on, you know, what are some of the future trends you're looking out for? What are some of your thoughts as AI continuously grows? You know, how do you continuously shift the product and adapt to, you know, these tools that are constantly disrupting? Yeah, I have I have several <laughs> predictions. And it's funny because you kind of hope your predictions are partially based on trends, but also things that you hope, <laughs> I think, you really yeah. hope happen. But um, one of the things that I uh, am thinking for 2023, a prediction that I've made is that customer teams are going to be more data-driven than ever before. And it's because we finally have the technology and the data, because we've been collecting data for years, right? We finally are saying, what do we do with it? And now um, customer teams on the front lines are going to have more data at their fingertips to be able to make decisions and be empowered to do a better job for their customers. So I think more than ever, um, sales, account management, customer success, support, they're going to start relying on data in order to uh, prioritize, you know, their actions they're going to take and take the right actions. Um, so that's one. The other is I think that go-to-market teams in general are going to become unified across a single customer experience. So we're going to see sales, marketing, customer success, all of post-sale, um, and even product are going to be aligned because this data and this insight is going to be available to everybody, and it's going to help align priorities for the company so that from the time you, you know, have a reach out from a company as a CRO, like Buzz, you're going to have the, the problem statement that's relevant to you. You're going to have then an interaction with an AE who can speak to that business problem, understand your business context. And then that's going to carry through to all the post-sale team. They're going to be able to really deliver for you in a way that we haven't been able to do before, right, with more of a siloed approach. And then finally, and this one, my, this one's my most passion um, <laughs> prediction because I feel very strongly about it, but it's personalization for customers. Um, but of course, at scale, it's going to be easier with customer intelligence. So we now have the capabilities and the, the view to look at customers more, more holistically and more individually. We don't need to apply blanket playbooks. We don't need to apply blanket personas to every customer. We can actually start to treat them like snowflakes. Yes, that, that, I mean, that, that's amazing. We have the personalization because we tend to create buyer personas and we have like four categories of things that these people all identify with. But it's getting to the level where it's now we have sub 
subcategories. We have people's desires, people's needs, people's frustrations. All of that stuff is being captured through uh, different data points uh, and through the customer journey. It's so much there's so much more data to adapt and address those needs, uh, which, you know, sometimes people are like, OK, well, you know, you know, it's we have all the information we need and that's enough. We could just run these blanket campaigns. But the reality is we're getting to the point where we can actually create more sub campaigns and get more personalized and actually uh, engage a customer at a deeper level. Uh, and, and we're seeing that with AI. I mean, a lot of these tools that are out there with artificial intelligence that people are playing with, it's collecting data on all of our behaviors, right? You know, Google has a lot of data, but then there's also a lot of data. Now people are asking questions. You have students at universities that are putting essay prompts and putting information in there to gather information. And they're going to have a whole level of data set on higher education and how students behave through the learning journey that will probably change the way we teach, I think, forever. I think you're right. Oh, my gosh. The recent, like, there's a big <laughs> debate about chat GPT, right? And just tools <laughs> like that. And I think about you guys probably can relate all the essays that you had to write or does anybody remember encyclopedias <laughs> back in the day, like elementary school writing a, an essay. And now you could just put in a topic and start getting, you know, to a place where you can get really creative and spend less time learning, but also applying that. So I'm excited about that, but I also think there's, you know, the potential to yeah. abuse it like <laughs> any, like any new technology. With, even with all all the opportunities that we see you talk about, what do you see as some of the the challenges short term in? I would say adoption, getting clients mm -hmm. to adopt. Because we, as we're all working with AI technology, we see the opportunity, we see what it can do, and but then there's that adoption rate, and some of it is if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and, and some of those things. But what, what do you see as the the, the challenges that, that the industry itself as well as your company faces? Yeah, I think it. I, a lot of it is credibility and trust. If, you know, AI is a bit of a mystery in terms of how did it produce the results? How did it get there? What is it using? What we've done is actually lift up the hood for our own solutions so that teams can see what the AI is generating, how it's scoring customer health. For example, so they understand how we've segmented the customers, why product why product utilization is higher for one segment than another in terms of the overall impact on the score. That has been huge for adoption to get beyond the, you know, I, I don't trust that this customer is at risk because I don't think they are, right, if they didn't identify it first. Um, and so that's been really helpful. But I think a healthy skepticism exists about AI just generally and i think that's something that will have to be overcome for people to really embrace it yeah yeah it's uh like the wizard of oz allow the peek behind the curtain exactly, <laughs> exactly yes if you had one takeaway for all of your peers out there in the technology industry when it comes to ai what would it be uh don't be afraid to think of new ways to apply it I think it can only be helpful. It isn't going to replace jobs. It's only going to make them more exciting and strategic and create new paths. So that's, that's what I would say. Any, any final thoughts for you, Buzz? I think that's a, a great way to wrap up. It's don't be afraid to jump in with both feet and move it forward.
Yeah, I think uh, I think that's an excellent point. Don't be afraid because it's going to happen either way, right? There's no <laughs> reversing AI, right? <laughs> it's, we can't stay in time. Uh, you know, it's like some people were resistant to, to to the radio, to TV, to cell phones. It, at some point, it's going to be part of our daily life, and we can't really run away from it. So harness uh, it. Harness it, yep. Harness it, exactly, yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Mary, and we will continuously keep in touch, and we appreciate you joining our first season on the Criterion Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Certified Skills in AI and Tech Podcast, brought to you by Criterion, where we provide platforms, software, and test development and delivery services for certification programs.